This call is being recorded. If you do not wish to be recorded, please disconnect at this time. Is this Josh? Yes, sir. How are you? All right, man. I mean, we're recording, but we're not going to be live yet, or we're not ever going to be live because we're pre-recording. But I'm going to I'm going to fade into uh, pretend like we're coming out of a commercial break here. Okay. Great. Okay. Hold on one second. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Family Matters. I'm your host, Jim Minnery, with Alaska Family Council and Alaska Family Action. As we mentioned earlier, we're real blessed to have State Senator Josh Revac on the line. Josh, how are you? Good, Jim. How are you? Thanks for having me. No, no problem, man. It's been a serious blessing getting to know you. And, um, you know, I guess the first thing we always try to do starting off is um, give folks an idea of what brought you to this place that you're at right now. Um, we are all on different journeys and different times and, and uh, places. And so how did you get to Alaska and how did you end up being a, a state senator from uh, South Anchorage? Ah, well, so so uh, there's a lot there. <laughs> so yeah, I'll try I know. We, got, we got three segments. So give us give us the take here. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I, I served in Iraq. I was a, a tanker on a M1 Abrams main battle tank, um, stationed in Germany for six years and two deployments to Iraq, and uh, lost a lot of friends. And uh, I was kind of there was this period of time um, when I when I came back stateside where I was visiting families of of friends that had fallen in Iraq and. Uh, I was invited by a family here in Alaska to come visit um, in 2009 and uh, to visit um, the Woods family. And Shane Woods and I served on in the same platoon and on the same tank at one time. And he was, unfortunately, he was killed in Iraq in August of 2006. And so uh, his family invited uh, my wife and I here to Alaska, and, and uh, there was a trail dedication for him in Palmer, uh, and at that time, uh, you know, I just remember when the plane landed, when we came back from Germany, we didn't know, you know, where was home. We were trying to figure out where, uh, you know, where home was in the United States. And when we landed in Alaska, we knew. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so it was just kind of an amazing experience. I met Congressman Young's staff at the trail dedication at a long conversation. And, uh, and you know, and he and his office said, you know, we have this internship for wounded warriors. And if you move here, we'll hire you. Have you ever thought about moving to Alaska? And so, uh, you know, our eyes lit up and we said, we thought about moving here the second the plane landed. And so we, <laughs> we've been here ever since. And, uh, and so, yeah, so I had the uh, amazing opportunity and honor and privilege to work for Congressman Young for six years. And then uh, Senator Sullivan took office and, Shortly into his um, term, he uh, he needed a, a, a veteran military guy here in Alaska, and so I joined his team, which was uh, just amazing, more amazing opportunity and experience, and what a great guy he is. And um, yeah, and so I was enjoying doing that, and then I, you know, I was doing an MBA thesis on essentially on political polling. 
and uh, I looked at our house district, and it and it it looked like we were looking at losing the general election, and so I thought, well, um, you know, folks encouraged me. My neighbors and friends said, you know, you you would be good. We would like it if you represented us, and you ought to think about it. And so, boy, I thought about it, and it wasn't until the last day possible where. <laughs> I went in and filed and and the rest is is history and it's you know due to some very unfortunate events um I ended up here in the Senate it's very unexpected and the loss of Senator Chris Birch who was a friend and ha- helped me a lot in in the campaign and uh was a good friend to me uh during the time we we knew one another and so here I am Wow. Yeah, it's amazing how things play out. I mean, you just never know the circumstances that will bring you to a certain spot. And, and uh, you know, certainly you're needed right now. Your expertise in military affairs and your passion for this country. Um, you know, how do you see this playing out, you know, this next go around? A lot of people were watching that um, uh, as soon as the late Senator Birch you know, once he passed, a lot of folks after mourning and, and realizing, you know, that guy was in in exceptional shape. There's no doubt about that, man. He he certainly uh, lived life to the fullest. And um, and as soon as people started thinking about how the direction was going to take, what direction the state was going to take, how do you see that playing out in this next session with you as the senator? And some folks saying that's kind of a, you know, a, a a key uh, senator position in terms of allied with the governor and not allied with the governor on different issues. I mean, obviously there's always, you know, some negotiating and, and back and forth, but you know, what, what's, you're, you're probably getting pulled from both directions right now. Well, so to that, I'll, 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 a couple things here is that, is that, you know, as I know, and politics is very fluid. Um, you know, and some of the some of the issues, I, I I think we were dealt kind of a rough hand in terms of our our fiscal situation, where our revenues are down, uh, th- throughput uh, in the taps is is lower in the pipeline than we expected a little bit. I think the numbers come out December fifteenth or December fifth, but but uh, also the price is down a little bit lower than we expected. And so we've been dealing with this for several years. And so uh, that causes a whole lot of, I mean, it's a difficult situation for any politician, regardless of your views, when you're dealing with a fiscal scenario like that. So what we're seeing now is, is you know, everybody, everybody in the legislature is passionate about issues one way or the other. And that's good. That's why they're there. You know, they're, they should be passionate about things. Uh, what we're seeing is that, is in my opinion, is that uh, some folks they're just sort of putting, you know, that some personalities are getting in the way. Um, you know, there's some hurt feelings here and there. And I know the way that the, the house organized last uh, session, um, you know, it 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 uh, caused a lot of a lot of tumultuous relationships, you know? Um, so, so all that being said, um, I, my hope is that folks will come to a place where, um, we, 
where we're able to work together. And, you know, I, I, I like the governor very much. I think he's got, you know, he's as the leader of, as the executive leader of the state, he's got the maybe the toughest role, arguably, because we're dealing with some big issues and, and, a, and a difficult fiscal situation. So what I'm hoping to see is that leadership in the House and the Senate um, are all, all able to maybe come together a little bit more than we've seen in the past. And last session, it was a new new governor, a lot of new members, a lot of new folks, um, you know, new situation all the way around. So now uh, my hope is, is people work to, together a little bit better. And I think, you know, and all that'll, all that'll be, uh, you know, everybody's kind of waiting to see what the governor, uh, what his vision is for and, you know, for, for the next year in terms of the budget proposal that, he's going to put out here and in, in uh by December 15th and I think that'll set the stage and uh it, and so and so I mean it yeah I think folks just need to we need to work together a little bit better I think well I mean it, it's interesting because you know we always know that we have to be able to to be bipartisan in in um as much as we can the challenge for those of us that um place a priority on the social cultural issues is that often that has um, kind of uh, taken over the the possibility when, when those bipartisan coalitions form usually it seems like uh, the issues that are placed on the altar to say but we can't deal with those issues anymore are the controversial issues you know the the pro-life issues and the marriage issues and the religious liberty and that kind of thing and so um, you know, that's a challenge, especially for for when we see that we have um, a majority in the um, uh, in both chambers. And when we did at the beginning of this session and then there was these coalitions that formed. Um, and I, I understand that that has to happen at times. But, um, you know, our, our hope is to be able to work together. And, and you and I have talked about this. I mean, we had our, our banquet uh our dinner a little while ago and you know there's a democrat that's leading in louisiana the effort to um to advance pro-life uh legislation there and and even um amend the state constitution to be able to um, take the court out of the picture altogether and that's a democrat so um certainly we realize that there has to be um, you know this this bipartisanship that that happens because these issues ultimately that the Alaska Family Council deals with are not political. I mean they're biblical ultimately because Scripture has so much to say about every every issue. Um, and so I guess my hope is that um, regardless of who's uh, you know who's in power in in the political arena that we can continue to have this dialogue. And I, I've seen that in you that you have such an ability to be able to to dialogue with others in a manner that is um, not alienating. And um, that's tough because, you know, a lot of times uh, things get pretty heated, as you know, and um, uh, but we're just grateful for that you're there and, you know, lots more to uh, to talk about here. We're going to take a, a break here in just a few minutes. But um, so just before we do, tell us, tell us, us real fast about um so you're the, the the logistics of it is that you're now a state senator but you're going to have to run again this november is that right 
That's right. And and I'll just uh, comment real quick on on the function that you threw. I I thought um, you know it was really great. I it, what was coming to mind when uh, this congresswoman was speaking, this Democrat congresswoman about her stance on uh, pro-life issues. I kept thinking, you know, I wonder how often we make perfect the enemy of of good, you know. Um, And so in that situation, it really kind of opened my eyes that these folks, nobody else, you're going to end up with a Democrat in that district is what she said that day. She said, just what kind of a Democrat do you want? You know, and so really some of these issues are cultural ones, you know, the they're, they're, it's not just the elected officials that you have in office. They're ultimately they're supposed to be doing the will of the of the people that they represent. Um, and so, you know, so so it all boils down to what we can do in our communities to to open up the minds and hearts of the folks, um, you know, to 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 see why the, these issues are important. And so that was a really great, uh, really great function. I thought I took a lot away from that. Um, well, and and we're, facing some, we're facing some similar challenges, you know, uh, on a state side. If if, if our constituencies, um, and again, folks are real passionate about certain issues, one issue or another, uh, not just the social ones, but the fiscal ones. And if we let uh, perfect be the enemy of good, um, you know, we have a chance to do some long-term damage. I mean, if Republicans are fighting one another, um, it, over things that, you know, over an issue not being perfect, uh, you know, we could we could really fracture uh, our party and 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 some of the the other issues that are very important to us will suffer in a long no. with long term consequences. So you're right, um, you're right, right. And so I just I try to caution people about that is you know don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. So. Um, well, it's, let's, let's do a quick break here because I want to make sure that we have um, uh, this these next two uh, segments to chat. Um, and we'll be right back, folks, with uh, some more conversation with uh, Senator Josh Refack. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Okay, let's try this again. We'll do a uh – Hey, welcome back, folks. Jim Minnery here with another edition of Family Matters. We have uh, Senator Josh Rebeck on the line, and we were talking about uh, perfect being the enemy of good, Josh, at the before the break, and and so true. And it's interesting because you know we often will have that discussion with our friends over at Alaska Right to Life. Um, you know, they they have this mindset, I think, in general that, you know, we really have to end abortion as we know it um, immediately. And we admire that tenaciousness. And we uh, we have the same goal in terms of having that issue go away, like other issues in our country have gone away. I mean, the civil rights movement resolved a, 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 an issue. And, um, and you know, we, we've had battles where there's there's been a victory and there should be an ultimate victory here but like you said we have to be able to take these bite-sized pieces and um but um part of that is to be able to sit down with our opponents on whatever issue but we happen to deal with the issue of of cultural issues regarding marriage and that kind of thing but we've we've had 
um, some conversations recently, like a, a couple of weeks ago on the program, we had um, a lady who heads up the pro-life San Francisco group, and she's an avowed atheist, vegan, Democrat, socialist, you know, just over the top leftist um, the, who's rabidly pro-life. And what it reali- what made me realize in the, at following that conversation is that, man, we've, we've, we have a long ways to go in terms of just um, not compartmentalizing these issues and realizing that there are individuals that uh, probably agree with us that we're just not really dialoguing with anymore. And, um, you know, how, how, uh, you know, in your experiences in the past, I mean, uh, you know, in the veterans world with, with Congressman Young and Senator Sullivan, obviously you're dealing with the whole political spectrum. I mean, there's the veterans from across the spectrum. Um, so you bring that to the table, which is so valuable to be able to work with all these different, um, uh, you know, political factions that are always kind of fighting each other. But, um, what are some of the priorities that you, obviously the budget is number one, and that's something that everyone is, you know, really on pins and needles over, but, um, what are some of your other issues that you've, you've kind of prioritized in your head at least? I mean, who knows if, if whether or not you're going to be able to get those through because it's always a matter of time and, and what the others are trying to prioritize, but what are some of those other things that you're looking at? Yeah. So this last session, you know, what, what's big in Anchorage is crime. And so we took some really major steps towards criminal justice reform. And I was real excited about some of the measures that, that uh, we were able to pass. Um, and one in particular was that, you know, the way it was before is that if you were, you know, if you were busted with heroin or, or meth or these really hard drugs that kill and hurt people, um, it was, it was, you would receive the equivalent to a traffic ticket. It was a violation that you would just pay. And so what was happening was that police can't find drug dealers if the people that they're catching with heroin aren't willing to say who they're getting it from. And if all they're getting is a traffic ticket, they're not going to say who they're getting these drugs from. And so what we did was we, we made it so that the second offense where you're caught with heavy drugs, hard drugs, you um, you then have a potential felony over your head. And that way, uh, police can negotiate with, with the folks who are caught with hard drugs to find out where where they're getting this stuff from so that we can stop it because we have a property crime issue. You know, we have, we have some significant property crimes in Anchorage. Uh, and folks are getting their cars stolen and, and houses broken into. And a lot of it has to do with this, this opioid epidemic that we, that, that we had been seeing in the past. And so I was excited. We have a lot more to do. Uh, so one of my, um, one of my focuses is on addictions and early interventions related to suicide prevention and awareness and, um, and addictions, you know, everything from alcoholism to, to, um, you know, chemical dependency in general. Uh, so I think uh, I'm on a task force for the, the uh, Council of State Governments, uh, where several different state representatives and senators uh, from around the country meet up and share ideas, what's worked, what hasn't, what can we do. And so I'm on an early interventions task force 
And I'm also on a military and veterans task force for the uh, NCSL and National uh, Council of State Governments, which is a different organization, same same type of deal. Um, and so they they both sort of we have a veteran uh, suicide issue where where veterans are taking their own lives, and it's just it's a really really sad thing. Uh, and there's ways where we can help prevent that. So when we can, you know, there's some things that we can do at a state level. So I'm taking a good look at at, at uh, some cost-effective measures where we can uh, where we can really make an impact on those issues. Um, and I think, you know, it, it it helps with a lot of different things. I think chemical dependency has a lot to do with with uh, sometimes a part of the homelessness problem. Uh, you know, part of the the suicide issues that we face. Just all kinds of different uh cultural issues that 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 we deal with so so i think starting with chemical dependency and finding ways we can have better opportunities for folks to get help and get help that works um and and figure out how to get you know we're dealing with limited resources figuring out how to get some of that uh in ways that actually move the needle so well and our veterans here i mean we have such a heavy i can't remember if i uh if I read somewhere that Senator Sullivan talked about the state of Alaska having the highest percentage of veterans in active military in the state. Um, but I mean, it's obviously a, a, a massive um, part of our, our population and culture. But are you, uh, I mean, as a veteran, do you, do you feel as though the uh, those who are having to deal with, you know, post traumatic stress issues and 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 uh um and depression and, and and even trying to get the help from the VA we're obviously behind the eight ball on some level but um i mean it, it it's such a hard thing to comprehend that some of our veterans aren't getting the care that they need and what is the i mean what would you say is the primary reason it's not just bureaucracy um but why is it that those who sacrifice everything including their families and lives um, aren't getting the, the absolute best care that they can. I mean, my wife and I are on USAA because of my father-in-law was in the Navy, um, and it is, uh, bar none, the best insurance program that there is. Um, and, you know, it's like the only thing that I've ever experienced governmental-wise that's better than the private sector. Um, and so why isn't it that the veterans get the care that they that they so uh desperately need and deserve well jim for from a personal perspective um i'm not sure that it's you know the level of care has increased quite a bit over the past several years i mean i i, I get all my care through the va and i have i i haven't had uh, much to complain about at all um in terms of of you know there there's there's some things that you know there are some issues but they're they're not to the level of of um where i i don't think it, it could be a lot worse it was a lot worse and and we've come up to to uh you know we've been in, improved quite a bit but i'll just tell you from personal experience what i needed when i came back from iraq and i came back wounded i was hit by a mortar round my roommate was killed next to me so i had some you know, that was a challenging uh, experience for me. But what I had was I had faith in God and belief, uh, and and I had hope in that. And so what I realized that I needed was purpose. You know, I believe that that's a, uh, just a general need that we have is we need a purpose 
uh, in life. And so some of my veteran friends um, that have come home, I've noticed that, that uh, you know, some of them have a hard time finding that purpose. And so um, I just love to see some of these faith-based organizations that reach out to veterans. I know Samaritan's Purse does something pretty big in Alaska, and there's several other ones. I, there's my friend Shane Woods. Uh, his father is a hunting outfitter and does the Shane Woods Purple Heart Hunts. And it's a faith-based uh, wilderness therapy-type ministry um, where where he'll have, you know, he'll, he'll really try to witness to, to folks, to wounded veterans. And so they've, you know, I found purpose in that, and that that sort of changed everything for me. And so, so I think that's the best medicine. That's a good place to start is to have a purpose in life when you oh, get out man. of the ministry. So. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. That's so true. I mean, you know, it's easy to kind of say we don't have this or that particular service as well as we um, should, but at the same time, ultimately, we have to have. Um, a higher calling and um, and to be able to, especially when some of those folks have gone through so many traumatic experiences where they've seen death close up um, and they realize their uh, mortality and um, and to not have, you know, you always say there's not an atheist in a foxhole, but I, I think you'd probably disagree with that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that not everyone comes to a rock solid faith in Christ just because they're in a foxhole, but um, it certainly gives them a, a face uh, to face reality of their own mortality. And, and that needs to be addressed, I think probably more than it is, but um, great thoughts, man. I mean, uh, Hey, we'll be right back folks. We have one more segment with uh, Senator Josh Revac. Stay tuned and we'll talk about some of the other issues that, uh, that are on the plate. All right. All right, Josh, we have one more segment of 10 minutes and 50 seconds, and uh, let's see. Great. Yeah, no, this is good. Hey, everyone, welcome back. Jim Minnery with another uh, episode of Family Matters. We have our final segment here with Senator Josh Revac. Uh, he's become a good friend and, and uh, very excited to have him in the Senate uh, this next session. And, and we talked about it earlier, Josh, but remind folks that you're, you're in, you've got appointed, you went through that process. I mean, it was a little bit, um, you know, uh, of, a, of a snaggletooth type thing in terms of getting Finally, someone to to replace uh, Senator Birch with Laddie Shaw and that whole that whole thing. But um, you, you you're appointed, you're in there now, but you're going to be facing, uh, from what I can gather, a formidable opponent, um, at least in the in the general. Um, tell us about that, so people know how serious this is in terms of being able to help you out. Right. So so uh, yeah, and I really appreciate that. Um, I, I do have an opponent who's filed and, and had previously uh, run for lieutenant governor, and I don't like to say my opponent's name because I don't want to give them any any kind of. <laughs> I won't say it either. Then you know. So, uh, but but it it will be a challenge. Um, and so yeah, we we and we're going to have to run again in 2020 um, because of the the time threshold uh, by which I was appointed. The law says that that I'll have to run again in in a. Uh, in the, in the election coming up. And so if people want to help, we could sure use the help. Uh, the best way is that, uh, 
you know, we need some funds in order to get out our campaign materials and let, let the people know who we are and what we're all about. And so um, contributions help very much, uh, regardless of the amount. Um, we really appreciate them all. And my website is joshrevac.com. That's J-O-S-H-R-E-V, like Victor, A-K.com. Uh, joshrevac.com and so you can go there and and uh, we'll be updating the website in the months to come uh, with all with with a whole bunch of different information but yeah we're we're kind of starting from scratch here and uh, we're working real hard uh, to make sure now, that are you bringing are you there. bringing some of the same staffers from when you were a representative over to the the senate and and i i should know this but i mean do you get a, a, an extra staffer or two as a senator um, so I actually, um, I actually hired the staff that was existing in uh, Senator Birch's office, and oh. there was a couple different reasons for that. I had one interim staffer who's great. Uh, he's a lawyer, and he was looking for more of uh, some work in the private sector. He he came up to help out in the interim when we're not in session, and so it just sort of worked out that you know the staff in Senator Birch's office had been through so much. They're all very experienced, wonderful individuals. And so, uh, you know, and they all work very well together and they've worked for several different, um, you know, members in the legislature over a period of time, uh, a couple of them have. And so, so I figured it'd be, you know, it'd be a good thing for them after all that they've been through. And, and it certainly would be a good thing for the office because they all have some great talent. So I just uh, I kept them on, and it's been going it's been going pre- pretty well so far. I'm real glad to have them. Well, um, the other part that I think um, a lot of people don't know uh, and, until they go to your website is that you're an accomplished, even though you say uh, I'm just looking at now that you've never considered yourself to be an accomplished musician. I think you are. I've heard you, and and uh, um, but I think what. Uh, what's interesting is that you 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 um you brought in a, um you know a sense of creativity that and and lightheartedness and at some level but with some of the stuff you did uh, in being elected it got a lot of people's attention in terms of oh my gosh this dude is creative and it was fun to see and it looks as though you know, you kind of think of this um, this music that you're doing as um, a bit of a ministry. It looks like, and um, and obviously uh, a way as an outlet. Um, but tell us a little bit about that. I mean, that's that's fascinating to me that you're utilizing this more than just as a, a hobby, but you're using it to kind of give um, you give you're giving other people hope through this, and it's pretty cool to see. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I look at that as one of the greatest things I've ever done is to uh, what, what we used to do is we would, we would uh, when, when my friends were killed, the, the unit, the military unit in Iraq would notify a friend and, and, and me about uh, who it was and we would write an original song for their memorial and play it at the memorial in Iraq and then we would record it and send it home to their families. And so what we used to do is it, in in several of our messages, we, we would try and make a, you know, we would try and try and bring up the hope of, of Christianity that, that, that both Trent and Dole and I had and Aaron Jager and I had, we used to play these memorials together. Uh, you know, and we would try and, we would try and bring a faith-based message of hope to the families 
uh, through music. And so it, it got a bunch of attention over time. I played on the Huckabee show on Fox news a couple times. I was the guest and a musical guest and, um, boy, ultimately, uh, we played a whole bunch of different memorial services and wrote songs and my friend, Aaron Jagger, who was writing and performing these songs with me, ultimately, uh, I was wounded. And then shortly after that, he was killed. And so, um, the last song that we ever wrote together was called Sandcastles. And it was just this, an amazing, you know, and just sort to sort of circle back on, on kind of how you started out this, the, the first segment. Uh, you know, we, we live each day like it's our last um, is, is one of the biggest themes in that song. You know, sandcastles fade away, uh, grain by grain, they're taken by the waves. Uh, there's no time like now to realize that we're all visitors here Yeah. Uh, and no greater love than the life that uh, he's given us. So, so we really tried to do a lot of things with music. I believe it was inspired and we also have a little fun with it. You know, we, we got to have a little fun. We can't take ourselves too seriously, you know? No, and, uh, I don't. Yeah. It's yeah. really been inspiring to see, I, I'm guessing that you're going to be involved. I forget the name of the group down there, but I know that uh, Pete Kelly was a, uh, the former Senator Pete Kelly was a, a drummer. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm th- I think a Dave Tallarico was maybe involved. Are you, are you going to be involved in that? Cause that's one of the things that I enjoy often going down to the Capitol when we're doing lobbying on our pro family issues is to, is to check that, uh, band out that is bipartisan. And that's actually one of the few things that truly you're not doing bipartisan to solve political issues. You're doing bipartisan because it's a fun thing to do. And you have people that you like to be with that are uh, different politically, but are you involved in that group? I am. And, you know, we've already played, we started playing a little bit last session, but uh, when session was over, we actually went to Nina and we did a fundraiser for their local uh, volunteer fire department in Nina, And they raised enough money to cover their workman's comp for the whole entire year. And, Wow. Um, some other, I think they raised to cover some other things that they needed. And so, uh, yeah, so we all got together and I think Pete, Pete Kelly came down from Fairbanks to play for that one. And so we have a lot of fun and we, it, we don't just do it for, it's very entertaining and it's a good bipartisan outlet for sure. But, uh, they also, these guys do a lot of, uh, raising money for some great programs and charities. So that's, that's kind of an added bonus, but absolutely. I very much look forward to playing with those guys. And who is, what, do they have their own website or is there a uh, schedule of when they're going to be doing concerts? Uh, no, but that's, you know, maybe I'll have to bring that up. I think uh, currently John Bitney uh, runs the band and he's, he's a good man. Um, and Dave Tellerico plays with us and we've had a lot of different folks. I think a, a gentleman named Paul Foos and, um, and, and several different folks. I think sometimes... Um, Sometimes uh, Adam Wool play the drums. Uh, yeah, and there's just a whole group of folks. I, I've I've only played a few times with them, but there will be different folks in there playing, um, you know, every time. So we just well, sort of like to get together with whoever plays. You know, big time, yeah. I mean, that's just an encouragement uh, in terms of, you know, there's so much divisiveness and so many of – 
the folks that are thinking about or involved in the political arena think of it as just a battlefield and always, and it seems to be getting worse. I was telling my son yesterday as we were driving, we were delivering some Thanksgiving turkey boxes that my brother used to do. He, he was a, a minister for the homeless in downtown Anchorage, and he started a long time ago uh, an effort at our church to give uh, turkeys and, and boxes to those uh, less fortunate. And and as we were driving, um, you know, it was just, um, you know, he he he's seen my involvement in politics and sometimes thinks, you know, gosh, it's just too divisive, Dad. And yet at the same time, um, you know, we, we, we always have opportunities in this arena to uh, draw people to truth and um and to to be witnesses for Christ and what he's done for us and so you know i'm i'm just very grateful josh that you're uh, a friend now that you're involved um as a senator and as a as a policymaker in this state you're you're uh, an ally and a hero and uh just want to thank you again for being a part of the show today happy thanksgiving to you and your family and uh god bless you man just look forward to uh, staying connected yeah, you too, and I'll just leave you at this. You know, my dad, I always used to say you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. And so, you know, we're called not just to love on the people that we agree with or the people that we like or the people that see eye to eye with us, but, but uh, to love on everybody. And that's a good start towards better relationships, I think. Amen, brother. Well, happy Turkey Day, man. Pig out, and uh, we'll be seeing you very soon, I'm sure. You too. Thanks so much, Jim. All right. God bless. You too. Okay, my friend. Thank you so much. What are you guys doing oh, for Turkey great. Day? Yeah. yeah. Cool. I decided I didn't really want to get into big time policy issues. It's just like, you know, it's the day before Thanksgiving. Let's just, let's just talk about some good lighthearted stuff. And I, I, you know, you're going to, you're going to have a serious challenge in Deborah call. I hate to say her name out loud. I mean, it's not, we're not going to be on the air saying that, but man, <laughs> we need people to step up, man. Cause she's, they're going to be targeting you. And, uh, we, we just need to, in fact, I don't know if you saw that there was a message from jaw, uh, from uh, ward and, uh, at, at Bible study, and he wants to host a fundraiser for you coming up. Um, and so we'll do that, uh, as soon as possible. In fact, I was hoping, um, to get uh, something established where we could invite uh, we can invite Senator Sullivan. So find out, um, you know, if you can, just maybe text him or or something and say, hey, uh, Alaska Family Council wants to do a fundraiser for uh, for Josh and would like to have uh, um, Senator Sullivan there if we can. So. Um, see what he says about that, and we'll see if we can get it on the calendar in the next couple of weeks, or you know, maybe at the, the start of the year. Yeah, that would be great. I, I didn't see that message from Ward. I get I get uh, so bombarded with emails, so I appreciate you bringing that up. I I will. Um, yeah, his Senator Sullivan's new campaign manager is Matt Schiffero, and I've I've worked with him in one capacity or another for the last 10 years. So we get along real well and, and I'll call him and say that uh, what you just said, I'll relay to him and see, uh, yes. let him know that. <clears throat> yeah. And so <clears throat> I know he's in a similar boat. They're out raising money as much as they can. Um, oh yeah. 
I don't see it being, I mean, I, to me, he's like one of the, you know, the most well-liked U.S. senators that there is. But, you know, the other sides are going to be going hard, of course. And so they obviously need to be, you know, doing their own fundraising and stuff. And um, But even just having his face well, and if we do an advertisement for the event um, with him, that's just going to create a buzz and it's all good. So just ha have Matt give me a buzz and we'll see if we can set something up. Do you have any... Like out of town, I mean, I guess we can find out, um, you know, once I talk to Matt, but uh, is there any, uh, is there any um, uh, reason why we'd uh, want to have it before the end of the year? It just seems like it might be a little bit too packed right now, but let's shoot for after the first. If, um, do you have any, um, and obviously you're going to be down in, in June. Sure, no, just, um, just the thing is, is that if, if, if there's folks who are a little bit more financially uh, well off, um, then uh, then and and they want to donate both years. Um, then those folks will want to donate before because we can only accept from each individual five hundred dollars per year. And so some folks, they if they want to be all in, they they'll donate five hundred this year and five hundred next year. And so that's the only reason um, you know we're we're really hitting. And, and I can't, uh, we leave for session. I can't raise money when the session's going on. And so we pretty much have, um, you know, just a, a few days to work with in January. So um, we'll figure it out. And, and uh, even if it's, even if it's when we get out of the session, but if there's folks out there who really want to, who, who want to donate a thousand dollars, then they would have to do, 500 this year and 500 next, but they could just go to my website and donate this year, and then uh, we could do an event next year. So, however that works, um, that's okay. just okay. what that's just what we're working with in terms of our. Uh, the, and now the $500 limits might be stricken. So um, I know that. Yeah, I actually uh, my my lobbyist Mike Pauly, who's now working for the governor, was kind of him and, and uh, Kevin Clarkson, the attorney general, were the ones who started that. And that whole process of getting rid of that insane limit, and then he had to pass it on to uh, Alliance Defending Freedom um, to take it, and, and it, it looks like it's going to be turned, and, and at the very least, I mean, well, I mean, I think it's going to be turned, but the Ninth Circuit's getting swatted pretty hard um, for how you know, how opposed they are um, to, you know, it's obviously it's precedent. I mean, the Supreme Court's already spoken on it. And so I'm hopeful that that's going to change because I think it's just a serious free speech impediment. Um, and people need to realize that, yeah, that's the way the system works. Either, you know, either you have your billionaire like uh, uh, George Soros that they seem to love and then, then they hate the Koch brothers billionaire. It's like, come on, the reality is, Money, oftentimes, whoever raises the most, um, that has an influence, and um, we shouldn't be strapped. Um, I just, I, I firmly believe that, and I, I, uh, I think it's going to turn around. It's just a matter of when. And but, are you guys sending out um, uh, uh, emails? And I'm not, I don't think I'm on a list of yours, but are you doing a year-end fundraising um, pitch to all of the folks who have given to you before? Yeah, absolutely. We're working on that now, and uh, and we will. Um, yeah, we're, we're we're dealing. We're it's kind of we're kind of time is is of the essence, and so I'm doing as much as I can here every day. But we're we're working on a f fundraiser letter. 
uh, to all the people who've donated before. I, I have my third fundraiser coming up on the 5th, and I primarily have been doing that via Facebook. Um, oh, and where's your – Where I should uh, – because Ward's going to want to possibly – attend that if he's in t- actually the fifth when the fifth oh that's when my board meeting is and then that's the day are you going to be at the uh, gop gala um that's on the sixth i believe the day friday the sixth at uh denina center um yeah so um the, yes, the Unity Gala. So we have the Alaska Professional Hunters Association that afternoon. We'll probably do a fundraiser there. And then I think I, I have a table at the Unity Gala. Oh, good. Um, yeah, we have we have a table. We need two more people to fill the table. Um, and I was going to invite you, but you have your own table. So that's cool. But um, So I'll see you at that. And uh, um, Well, and I do have a, a – yeah, there's a gentleman – well, yeah, that we could get, we can have, we can find people to fill it seats, I'm sure. So, okay, all right. Well, yeah, I I have a couple of requests out there to others. I know Ward's gonna he, I asked Ward and he's gonna be at the governor's table at the Unity Gala and, um, and then we just have two out of the ten that we still need filled and I'm just kind of making a few last calls. So if I don't fill it, I'll I'll, I'll get back with you, but. Um, uh, let's just stay in touch because I think having something, you know, it may, you, when does the session start again on the 20 something? 21st is my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Nice. Thanks. Yeah, I know. Right. What are you exactly like? 25? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the, 39. I'm going to be. Oh, you're a young man. You are a young man. Yeah. Um, well, God bless my friend. Happy Turkey Day and just have a blessed time with your family. And uh, thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you too, sir. I really appreciate it. You too. You take care of yourself. Okay. We'll probably see you on Tuesday. You're going to be making it to the uh, to the Bible study on Tuesday next week? Yeah, I think so. I was I was uh, there on Tuesday and, and uh, that's the plan. So it all depends on how late I'm working the night before. Uh, yeah. And what's going on? But yeah, no, I plan to be there. It's been really good for me, and I got to yeah. vent a little bit. Yeah, it's been just a great group. What an amazing group of folks. I know. Yeah, it truly is. I wasn't able to make it this particular time, but it's like when I don't do it, I I feel it. I mean, because it's you know it's hard to to be purposeful about doing the iron sharpening iron, and um, it's just a a good group of guys that that take their faith seriously and. You know, we're open, open, being open about struggles and that kind of stuff. So um, appreciate you big time, and uh, we'll just be in touch, my friend. Yeah, thank you. You take care. Okay, talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye.